Today on Locked On Mariners, players try to guess the price of merchandise to earn the right to come up on stage and play a pricing game and spin the big wheel in the showcase showdown. Welcome to Locked On Mariners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here's your host, D.C. Lundberg. You bet. Thank you very much, Joey Martin. I am indeed D.C. Lundberg, wrapping up the week here on Locked On Mariners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, or T-L-O-P-N, or Tloppin, brought to you by The Locker Room. Please remember to download, rate, and follow this program on whichever podcasting app that you personally care to use. Ask your smart device to play Locked On Mariners podcast or any program here on Tloppin'. Closing out the week with a special guest today here on Locked On Mariners, former Locked On Angels host Taylor Blake Ward. Taylor, how have you been? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm hanging in there. I'm hanging in there. It's uh, glad to have you back on the show. Uh, Going to talk uh, some Mariners prospects today and also some other stuff that uh, I have no idea yet. Another one of those shows where we just kind of go with the flow and see what happens. I rather enjoy those types of shows myself. I hope you do out there as well. But Taylor, you are something of a prospects guy and the Mariners have, I guess, one of the more exciting farm systems in you know minor league baseball at this time, or at least that's what everybody keeps telling me. Um, Kelnick debuted in Triple A yesterday with two home runs. Might as well start with him. And uh, actually, I'll let you just kind of take the floor, and I'll break in when we need to do a commercial, if you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Jared Kelnick is obviously one of the top prospects in baseball. I think you could argue he's uh, possibly even the second best prospect in baseball. I know that rankings are all kind of all over the board, but this guy is going to be able to hit, hit for power. Um, he's going to be able to field well. This guy is pretty special. You know, he, they don't really grow on trees. And I've got to, you know, to my own horn here is um, when he was drafted, I said, you know, that's my guy. I like Jared Kalenic. I'm a big fan of him. And he was drafted uh, six overall back in 2018. I was. Uh, I did not think he would go six. I thought he'd go a little later in the first round, maybe just outside the top ten. And um, you know, I, I I liked him. I didn't like him this much, <laughs> but <laughs> I don't think anybody did. No, I, you're talking about a premier baseball player, and he's exciting. Um, put on a bit of weight, you know. He, he's a pretty big kid at this point, but just an exciting player, man. Just a very exciting player. Um, and, and like you said, you know, he, he's the top of the top of the Mariners system that's loaded with talent. But I mean, you know, when Jared Kalenic was in the early stages of development, I kind of saw a Jay Bruce type of player, and I, I think he actually is going to be better than Jay Bruce. And, and I, that's not a knock on Jay Bruce. I mean, look at what he did over his career. He was oh, remarkable yeah. for quite some time. And if that's the outcome, that's a very very good baseball player. But if he can outperform a Jay Bruce type, that's a, a gifted ball player. Um, it's going to be interesting to kind of see where the, the Mariners play him. I know that they've got uh, Kyle Lewis in center field. They've got Taylor Trammell uh, playing one of the corners. They've got Mitch Hanniger playing the other corner. So finding time for him, I mean, I think he could outperform Taylor Trammell at the moment, but it's going to be interesting, you know, if Mitch Hanniger is what he has been in the past, you're going to have some tough time finding a spot for him. Maybe even, um, you know, moving a guy, maybe DH and Kalenic to get him reps. You want him in the field, but 
it's going to be kind of interesting to see where they play him. I think it'll be left field. Taylor Trammell has kind of, I shouldn't say he's been relegated to a fourth outfielder spot, but Telegram Sam Haggard, who's been seeing a lot of playing time in left field. Dylan Moore's been seeing a lot of playing time in left field. And Taylor Trammell's been playing two, three, four times a week. So I honestly think that Trammell, this is just a guess, ladies and gentlemen, but Kelnick is going to be at the major league level at some point this season. I think the Mariners have more or less made that clear and I would guess that Trammell's going to be the one to be sent down to AAA when Kelnick does make his debut. But again, that's, that is just speculation. But I think he will be the left fielder. I would almost put money on it, it, money on it if I were a betting man. And it would be smart to send Trammell to AAA. I know that's not, that's not a knock on Taylor at all, but let him go get the reps. Let him go get regular bats down at uh, Tacoma and, and – see that so yeah I, I don't doubt at all that Jared Kalenic could be up. I mean he could be up gosh what we're uh <laughs> we're past we're past service time manipulation so he could be up tomorrow for all we know um this kid is ready he's exciting um absolutely someone that I think you you could talk about you know uh, an all-star at times I'm not gonna say every season kind of thing but definitely a, a guy that has all-star potential mm-hmm. and even above that um and then you've got Julio Rodriguez, who actually I, I like. I mean, I think I, I like the flair of Julio Rodriguez a bit more <laughs> than I like the flair of Jared Kalenic, and that's why I like J-Rod more. But mm-hmm. yeah, that kid's fun. He's got he's got so much upside. The power, uh, he, he can hit. I mean, he, I'm not going to deny that he can hit for average and get on base, but uh, it, it's a little bit aggressive in an approach. I'm, I'm curious to see if he can – kind of harness the approach a little bit but gosh the bat speed I mean you're talking about kind of it's almost like a hobby bias kind of profile and I know that I'm comparing um you know similar uh, I never like to compare Latin players Latin players and, and things like that but this is going to be an offensive profile similar to, to hobby bias and he can play the field he's fine he's an average-ish runner but I'm a big fan of Julio Rodriguez I think he's going to be an electric baseball player for the Mariners when the time comes it's just finding um you know are, are, are you going to move kyle lewis around are you going to obviously mitch hanniger is not going to be around for forever but you know when that time comes i believe julio rodriguez has the capability of taking over uh he probably move kalenic to right field and, and play rodriguez and left but that's gonna be fun um you've got a handful of arms i guess more like a trio of arms but you've got a handful of arms that are really exciting um, Emerson Hancock and George Kirby and Logan Gilbert. George Kirby, I'll tell you, man, he, he had a velocity pickup recently that is just scary. Because I remember when he was in college, he went to uh, he went to a weird college. He went to, not Hartford, he went to... Uh, Elon, I believe. Elon, you're right. He went to Elon. A very unique uh, college. But I'll tell you, he, he was throwing like low mid 90s usually he could run it up there but he was like mid 90s and suddenly we're seeing him hit triple digits here in the last (laughs) month or so this kid with that velocity increase he's got two good breaking balls he does very good good slider curveball combination probably not you know i wouldn't call it a premier pitch uh but he can get swings and misses off of that and if his fastball has a velocity and movement and he's able to locate it the way he has been over his career that is a stud arm. I mean, that is an electric arm. Top 100 prospect with ease. I don't know where he ranks in the top 100, uh, arguably, right now. I'm assuming he is a top 100 prospect, but this guy is something else. Um, 
Logan Gilbert, I like Logan Gilbert a lot. I think he's another guy that uh, a little bit of a velocity increase, kind of a mid-90s, lower mid-90s kind of guy. Um, I think if he can refine himself into the mid-90s with the control that he's shown, it's a great deal. He's got a – he has a – a very good changeup, which for a lefty, that's drastically. Or I'm sorry, he's not a lefty. I, I'm thinking of uh, who am I thinking of? DC. It's not in the. It's not in the Mariners organization. But I'm thinking of a lefty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jamie Moyer. I don't know. <laughs> I honestly don't know. I'm sorry. Can't remember. But I, I remember uh, Logan Gilbert was another guy that went to a unique school. He went to uh, Stetson, and just. It, I'll tell you. You know, Jerry Depoto has done a great job at finding guys that are coming from these kind of, I guess, lesser-tier college programs. I mean, he took Sean Newcomb when he was with the Angels, and Newcomb was from a weird school out east, up north. He might have been the Hartford kid. He's he's a Massachusetts guy, if I'm remembering right. But either way, it's, um, you know, Logan Gilbert has a really good slider, really good slider. His changeup is a, another useful pitch. Um, the fastball in the mid-'90s and, and the ability to locate – Tall guy, a lot of projectability. I'm a big fan. Emerson Hancock, another big kid. Uh, obviously, he was a, a an early first-round pick last year. I believe he went fifth or sixth, wherever the Mariners picked, obviously. Had the potential to be the number one overall pick uh, going into the season. And the Trackman data, which is unique that Jerry DePoto is going away from it, but the Trackman data didn't suggest great future potential. But the, the eye test itself, seeing that he has, you know, two to three or four plus pitches and he has the ability to, to throw strikes I mean this guy's got some stuff it's just is the is the trackman data going to suggest that he's not as good as he is and is it going to be true or is he going to outperform that that uh, data but, I mean this guy's got another guy with a very good slider changeup combination very common when it comes to the Seattle Mariners they like their slider and, and fastball and changeup combinations the curveballs are all you know, all these guys throw a reasonably good curveball, but it's more a slider, slider changeup when it comes to the breaking pitches. Slider heavy. You know, they like fastballs, and this guy can throw in the mid to upper nineties. Um, but these are three arms that I'm definitely, I, probably lesser on Hancock. If I'm being honest, I, I'm a little bit lower on Hancock, and I know that. You know, this is Locked On Mariners, and if you guys want to rip me apart, that's completely fine. I'm not bothered by that. I'm just being honest with you. Um, but I'll tell you, George Kirby and Logan Gilbert, I think those guys can be the the high points of a future rotation. And, you know, you never want to use the term ace because there's only five, six across all of baseball that you can actually use that term. But it's that. Of, exactly. You know, it, we're, we're talking about Jacob DeGrom types, and, and no one's going to be Jacob DeGrom. But if you can talk about top of the rotation kind of arms or even middle of the rotation kind of arms, Logan, Gil- Logan Gilbert and George Kirby really do that for me. Um, Emerson Hancock, pro- you know, I'm just intrigued to see what happens there. Even I, if he winds I, up being a back of the rotation arm with those other two in the middle or front of the rotation, that's still a win in my opinion. But we got we to gotta, um, take a pause at this time and get to the trivia corner. We'll do a hall pass today. And today's subject played 16 years of Major League Baseball, pardon me, 15 years of Major League Baseball as an outfielder. Accumulated a slash line of 304, 353, 
376. He hit 329 doubles and 220 home runs. Drove in 947. Played on some pretty bad teams, however. He was an eight-time All-Star, three-time batting champion, won a Gold Glove Award, placed in the MVP voting a number of times, has two second-place finishes. He was a Rookie of the Year. He led the league in hits one, two, three, four, five times. Led the league in doubles five times. And in runs scored once. Are those Hall of Fame credentials in the eyes of you out there in podcast land? I will tell you who it is after this brief word from betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing and you can track all the action at BetOnline. And don't forget about the PBA playoffs, ladies and gentlemen, and of course the World Women's Curling Championships. Get all the latest news, odds, and info and all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC slash MMA action. Before the next pitch, head on over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs of the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. Conclusion of today's uh, trivia corner, the Hall Pass. With those numbers I mentioned, Mr. Ward, do you think those are Hall of Fame credentials, or do you think he misses? You said he was a, a multi. He was a Rookie of the Year, multi-time, um, led, led the league in hits and stuff. He led the league in hits five times, led the league in doubles five times, three-time batting champion, yes, eight-time All-Star. I Eight-time All-Star? Eight-time All-Star, yes, sir. I've got it down to... Three guys, and I don't want. I'm going to say no, not a Hall of Famer, but I, I got to ask you if it's one of these three guys. Did you say what position he played? He was an outfielder. Then that takes away basically two of the guys that I had. Um, <laughs> well, Eric, Eric Karros was the first guy that came to mind. Oh, um, and then the guy that I'm kind of tossing because he did win a Gold Glove and he was a multi-time All Star was Chuck Knobloch. But I'm thinking it's it's Tony Oliva. I forgot to mention in what era he played. He played in the 60s and 70s, and yes, it's Tony Oliva. Very okay. well done, sir. All right. Yes. Um, no, I don't think Tony Oliva is a Hall of Famer. <laughs> I, I don't think so either. I mean, looking at his numbers in the, uh, in the 1960s, if he would have put up those types of numbers for the remainder of his career, I just think the peak for him is too short. But he was certainly playing like a Hall of Famer his first uh, several seasons in the league but uh, not towards the end of his career. And I think that's where I think that's where he misses for me. Yeah, very good baseball player. You know, not taking away that he's one of the best, you know, he's one of the best guys. He's, uh, he's not Puerto Rican. He's from uh, Cuba. He is Cuban, yes. And yeah, uh, one of the uh, retired numbers among the Minnesota Twins, although this is a franchise that also retired Kent Urbeck's number. But uh, Tony Oliva is certainly deserving of a uh, number retirement. Uh, for the Twins, you know, again, just what a great beginning to his career. Just not long enough a peak for the National Hall of Fame. But did he? Uh, did he play for anyone else? No, he did not. He was a career Minnesota Twin. Good for him. Good for him. I always Heck like a- to see that. I always like to see that. Heck yeah, that's all. That's fantastic. That's yep. really cool. You know, screw it. Tony will leave it at the Hall of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's close. I just think the the peak is too short. In any case, coming up, ladies and gentlemen, Taylor Blake Ward and I talk about more stuff.
Now back to Locked On Mariners and your host, D.C. Lundberg. Thank you once again, Joey Martin. We're back here with Taylor Blake Ward talking some Mariners prospects and some other stuff uh, throughout the course of the program in all likelihood. Uh, Taylor, the Everett Aquasox are coming to town uh, here in Spokane, and we are going to the uh, Everett Aquasox game two weeks from today. I'm excited to see Julio Rodriguez. I hope one of those young pitchers you mentioned might be pitching in that game. Um, I went to the Spokane Indians home opener where they did not do so well, but it was still a lot of fun. And I'm not exactly sure where I'm going with this, so I think I'll just give you back the floor, sir. Being totally honest, I I did look at the Everett uh, roster. Yes, You're going to get some serious prospects, regardless of the night. I mean, honestly, the starting pitchers those nights, I mean, I don't know what the rotation is, but I know that Hancock and Kirby are both there. Yep. Real quick, I want to go back to Emerson Hancock. I don't want to make it sound like I, I despise this guy or anything. Oh, I, I didn't Emerson, sound it didn't sound like that at all. It just sounded like he was more of a back-end rotation piece than a front-end rotation piece. Just being completely honest, which is what I do on this program anyway. No problem. Well, the thing about him is he could be the best of the trio. I mean, he could be the guy that's better than Gilbert and Kirby. I mean, it, realistically, he has that kind of upside. I just don't buy into the upside just yet. I, I Obviously, this guy has yet to really start his professional career. But, yeah, this guy could be something. But, I mean, that pitching staff alone, you've got Kantak, you've got Kirby, you've got uh, – the kid they took out of Arkansas, Isaiah Campbell is there. Right. Um, Brandon Williamson. Um, gosh, I'm, I'm trying to remember all the names. But you've also got a, a loaded infield with um, – you've got the shortstop, the or the third third base shortstop kid. Um, Marche? Shen- no, Sh- well, no, Shenton. You're right, Austin Shenton. I'm sorry. Uh, Marte is down here in California. we got Austin Shenton. You've got uh, Zach Deloach, who I know hit a home run the other night. I saw you hit a home run. Very exciting guy there. Um, another guy, Juan Sen, is up there with you. I mean, that is a fun team. That might be one of the more entertaining teams in the minor leagues is that Everett uh, – what's the name? The something Sox? Something Aqua Sox. The Everett Aqua Sox. Yeah. I, when I went up to Washington a few years ago, uh, I was working for a Mariners affiliate. Uh, when they were the High Desert Mavericks down here. Mm-hmm. And I, I went up there, and uh, Everett's a cool little place, man. I like Everett. There's another little uh, town on the water up there. Edmonds? Edwards? Edmonds. One of the two? Edmonds, yes. Ed- There's a picture of me at Edmonds looking out at the water, and I've got my hands in my sweatshirt pocket, and everyone says, oh, you're peeing in the ocean. And I'm like, no, no, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that Everett team – very very fun shoot you even got a uh, the kid from uh lehigh um who's the kid from lehigh with the another good change of fastball kid levi stout i mean literally you've got a stacked pitching staff over in everett um i'm really excited to see uh noel B. Mar- uh Marte here in california young guy 19 in, in low way now right um kind of curious to see how he's gonna hit uh, this obviously is an offensive league here in California, but I, I'm really intrigued to see what he's going to do here. He's got some uh, he's got some authority in that swing. I'm a big fan. I think it's tough for kids to stay at shortstop. I mean, shortstop is probably the hardest defensive position on the field outside of catcher, and, and some will even argue that shortstop's harder. So I'm curious to see if he can remain at the position. That's going to be my main focus, but another kid – like we said, this is – Seattle Mariners have a bright future. It yes. is 
maybe two years out, maybe you know within time, but they have a bright future. There are a lot of very talented young men in that organization. And I'm I'm big on them. I mean, um, speaking of catchers, uh, you got a kid there in Tacoma um, that's probably going to battle with Tom Murphy in the very near future. Cal Raleigh, yeah. They Cal like him a lot. Um, kid out of Florida State. I mean, I, I don't know if he's ever going to hit a, a whole ton, but it, the problem with Cal is going to be if we go to robotic umpires because he's able to frame pitches very well, which is a very important asset in today's game, but tomorrow's game it may not be as valuable. So I'm a little curious to see what happens with Cal and robotic umpires because his arm is average at best, uh, but he can run into a few, you know, he, he kind of reminds me a bit of Zanino minus the arm. Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of who they're comparing him to. They say he's Mike Zanino with fewer strikeouts, but the thing that the Mariners like best about Cal Raleigh is something that really cannot be quantified in statistics, they like the way he leads a pitching staff. They like the rapport that he can gain with his pitchers, and there's just no way to put that into numbers, and it's a skill that's very important. It is. I, I'm an analytical person, but the the mental side of the game is, is being ignored. And for him to be able to – I mean, the, the Angels have a kid, and obviously I cover the Angels, and they have a kid in low A right now that's probably never going to see his way out of single A because he can't hit a lick. Mm-hmm. But I've always said, keep that kid in the organization literally until the day he's 40 and decides he's done. Because <laughs> if you're able to have a guy that can assist your pitchers, I mean, look at, you know, Martin Maldonado is not a very good hitter. He's really not. But no. Martin Maldonado is probably the most important asset to the Houston Astros pitching staff. Yeah. And if Cal Raleigh can be that guy, I mean, and we're talking about, you know, Mike Zanino and, and Martin Maldonado, and Cal Raleigh is his own player and everything. But if that's the kind of guy you get, how important is that? I mean, how many guys want Martin Maldonado behind the plate? How many guys want Mike Zanino behind the plate? And Cal Raleigh can be that guy where you say, we want Cal behind the plate. And when you have Tom Murphy, I mean, I, I'm a, I've told you for a long time, I'm a big Tom Murphy fan. Yeah. Always have been. But talk about another guy with a good slider. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You're talking about a guy that's sharing time with Tom Murphy and eventually taking over for him. I love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah, and and you're onto something. Minor league catching depth is important, and it showed with the Mariners last year after Tom Murphy got hurt and missed the whole season. He was going to split time with Austin Nola, and then after Murphy got hurt, it was Austin Nola and Joe Odom and Joe Hudson, who are AAA catchers at best, maybe even AAA Joe- backups, and they just did not perform at the major league level at all. Joe Hudson was with you guys? Yes, he was. He is the best guy. Man, I love Joe Hudson. <laughs> he is a good, good dude. I love him. He didn't get uh, too much playing time at the big league level. And as a matter of fact, I think he was DFA'd in favor of Joe Odom, but my memory could be failing me. Oh, I, I, Joe's just a great, great guy. I mean, uh, playing-wise, he, he's not a prospect. He's If he was DFA'd, I would have been stunned if he would have gotten picked up by another club. I don't remember if he did. I, he I, is I think, somewhere. I, he is somewhere. I don't know where he is. I think I want to say he's in Pittsburgh, but that could be Odom. Sounds about right. Well, that's what I was going to say. You know, Odom, uh, Odom was a guy I had never heard of in my life. I don't think he was a prospect either. I think he was more or less minor league catching depth as well that needed to be put the te- at, to the test at the major league level. 
just for injury reasons. I got to give it to uh, to Jerry Depoto, and it, it obviously Angels uh, fan base that, that follow my work. Jerry Depoto is not necessarily the guy that people enjoy hearing about his success, <laughs> but but what, Jerry's a great guy. He's a he's a scientific, analytical guy. Plays by the numbers. He's a good guy and everything. But but what Jerry has done with not only building this Mariners farm system, but also building that depth, as you noted, and, and doing it with the Angels as well, and finding guys that are kind of castaways that, that can have a form of success. You know, we with the Angels, it was Johnny Giovatella, who was a fan favorite. Absolutely everyone loved Johnny Giovatella, and he was a, a fireball. Everyone loved him because he was a grinder, and he performed well. You got Colin Cowgill. Um, you know, Jerry does a great job of finding magic in a bottle at times um there are some flounders but but finding magic in a bottle jerry actually does a pretty good job he does and just to wrap up um something i was saying earlier joe hudson is in the pirates organization i was correct joe odom in the rays organization as a matter of fact he's been in two games at the major league level already this season he for all i know he might have played last night against the angels (laughs) (laughs) it's very possible Angels had a bit of different news going on that we had to kind of take a look at. Yeah, there was a little bit of uh, different Angels news. I don't know if we're going to talk about that in the uh, third segment or not, but in the interim, ladies and gentlemen, if you have a question or a comment, please do send it over to LockedOnMariners at gmail.com. I will address it on the show in a future mailbag episode. Questions and comments on any subject are welcome and encouraged. Does not have to be about baseball. Does not have to be about sports. Anything that's on your mind, please send an email to the show. And if it's anything I have to bleep, it will not make it on the show, but anything else probably will. Coming up, eh, more stuff. But now this from Built Bar, the greatest protein bars in the history of protein. They're low in sugar and calories and high in protein and fiber. All 18 flavors taste great. I personally like the peanut butter brownie and mint brownie the best, but they are all good. Go on over to BuiltBar.com to place your order and try them for yourself. You can order their variety box to sample one of everything or compile a box of the three flavors that most intrigue you. And if at checkout you try to use promo code SNORKSNORKSNICKITYSNACK, nothing happens. So use promo code Locked 15 instead, and that'll get you 15% off your order. BuiltBar.com, promo code Locked 15 for 15% off your order. Built Bar, quality you can taste. Welcome back to Locked On Mariners. Here once again is your host, D.C. Lundberg. Thank you once again, sir. Taylor Blake Ward is on our program today talking Mariners prospects in the first uh, two segments of the show. Not exactly sure where where C-Block is going to go, but let's find out together, shall we? Taylor, you did mention that there was some uh, different sort of Angels news that, that broke yesterday. If you want to talk about that, fine. If you're sick of talking about it, that's also fine. I'm going to give the floor back to you if you don't mind. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm a big Albert guy. I grew up in, you know, I was born in 91, so you can imagine my teenage years came through the 2000s, and that's when Albert Pujols was possibly the best hitter in baseball history. You know, he was remarkable. So I'm a big Albert guy, and getting to know him over the years in our conversations, um, he taught me a lot about baseball. So it's it's upsetting from that sense, but obviously this made a lot of sense for the Angels. Um, maybe not financially, but it made a lot of sense for that. And uh that is essentially about all I got for when it comes to that stuff. It's um, 
you know, nothing but respect for the guy. Just it was it was time. Yeah, I, I kind of followed his career. I was born in 1985, and prior to the 2001 season where he was Rookie of the Year, the Cardinals played a couple of exhibition games at Safeco Field as part of the st- spring training schedule, and he was in those games. He was still technically a minor leaguer at that time, still had a spring training uniform number, 68. And I, so for that reason, I kind of followed his career because he got off to su- just such a hot start. I took him in all my fantasy leagues because nobody was drafting him, but I saw what he did, you know, against the Mariners in those exhibition games. And I said, you know, there's something to this kid. And, you know, pretty soon everybody was starting to pay attention to him. He had to be a write-in candidate for the all-star ballot. I think Craig Paquette was listed as the third baseman for the Cardinals, and he had retired by that time. So he, but as a as a write-in candidate, he garnered a lot of All-Star votes, which is something that never happens. Made the team as a reserve, and you know, like you said, the rest is history. So yeah, I have I followed him basically his whole career because because of those memories that I have as a 16-year-old watching uh, spring training games at Safeco Field. Yeah, and that's what I mean. I was I was a kid at the time when he started, but but I was a you know MLB the show and yeah. Um, going to Dodger Stadium and I got to see Albert Pujols play at Dodger Stadium his rookie year and I'm just like you know what this guy like you know it's like he's tormenting the Dodgers and obviously you know in in Southern California we've got the Padres and the Angels and the Dodgers and I kind of just leaned all three directions I didn't have a ball club at the time or I still don't have a a team to cheer (laughs) for at this time but but, you know, all three clubs I was I was a supporter of, I guess is a way to put it, yes. in Southern California. And seeing Albert Pujols torment the Dodgers and the Padres at times, it was just like, my gosh, this guy I is one of those guys you love to hate because he's beaten up on your local <laughs> clubs. But growing up in, in Southern California, my parents kind of taught me, you know, my dad was a, a baseball fan, and he taught me about, all these different guys of the of the past, and I said, "Hey, you know, you grew. Up, you're a Dodgers fan. Why aren't you telling me about the Dodgers?" He says, "Because there's so much more to baseball than than Dodgers." And my mom and her family were Angels fans, and I would hear stories of, of everything. So it was, you know, everyone in baseball has a story, and, and you don't have to like or dislike a certain person or player because they play for a specific team. And, and so, you know, growing up, my parents taught me to find my own baseball team and find my own baseball players and and I was more attracted to the baseball players than the baseball teams per se Hmm. if that makes sense and I still kind of feel that way you know I still feel that obviously working in in baseball now you you attract yourself to the people within baseball and that's where you kind of start tracking teams as opposed to you know it's based on the players and, and the personalities in the offices and things but you know, growing up, I liked Mark McGuire. I liked Sammy Sosa. I liked all these other guys. So it was, you know, Albert Pujols was a guy that I just thoroughly enjoyed, and Derek Jeter, and those are the guys that I just really enjoyed. So Albert, you know, as as much of a disappointment as it is as a baseball fan that he potentially could be done playing baseball, um, you know, you have to be a realist and understand that this baseball move is probably – a few months to a year or two overdue. Probably, yeah. I mean, look at look at what he's done over the last couple of years. Um, I read an article today that uh, Jared Walsh is the better option at first base for the Angels. Uh, Shohei Otani is the the designated hitter, and re- that really doesn't leave a whole lot of at bats for Mister Pujols, 
who still views himself as an everyday player. The Angels are not able to offer that, so that kind of, that kind of makes a decision for them, even though they have to eat the rest yeah. of the contract. That's what Perry Manassian was telling us yesterday, is just this was a baseball decision moving forward with Jared Walsh, who they want at first. And, and they said, you know, Albert is not a bench player, and, and he agrees with that, so it's time to move forward. Yeah. And uh, that's where we're at. Um, I've got one for you. You know, we, you and I always talk about random baseball players of past, right? Yes. So I found this guy. He was a successful uh, pitcher. Um, he was a reliever for eh, seven years, eight years. Um, had a 405 ERA, did not strike out a lot of guys, but his ERA plus was 120. And I'm curious if you know who this guy was. He actually was averaging, just looking at the numbers, I'm going to say 60 games per year in relief. Okay. So I'm curious if you can kind of figure out who this guy is. Um, 90s, during the 90s. Um, and it was a... He had a great rookie season. Then he ended up hurt, and then the final six years of his uh, of his career, he was basically averaging um, he averaged sixty eight games in relief each of the last six years of his career. Hmm. And uh, did keep he his first, the numbers? Go ahead. I'm sorry. Keep in mind the numbers I gave you: a four hundred five ERA, yeah, but a one twenty ERA plus. One twenty ERA plus. Yeah, because the the uh, league ERA was quite high in the nineteen in the nineteen nineties. Did he start out as a starter and then get hurt, or was he always a reliever at the major league level? He was a reliever through and through. He did have a few years as a, I'm guessing, temporary closer. Mm. And he, I'm guessing, also guessing, he was not a Mariner. He was not. Was he? Was he more American League or National League? Uh, more National League. His rookie year. His rookie year was his only real year in the American League. Wow. Oh my goodness. I'm. Compl- I don't know. Um. He was not a Mariner during his playing career, but he has been a Mariner. That tells me he might have been a Mariner coach at some point. Oh, is it Jerry Depoto? <laughs> yeah, it's Jerry Depoto. <laughs> <laughs> You know, yeah. he, he he played in the first Mariners interleague game as a Colorado Rocky on June uh, 12th, 1997. Yeah. No, it's uh, – I, I had to throw that one. Jerry, Jerry had a, a nice little career. He, was, he did, he actually, was, yes. He wasn't anything special, but to have an eight-year career the way he did is actually – it's a pretty good ball player, pretty and good as, pitcher. And as a right-handed pitcher, usually – it's the left-handers who middle relievers who stick around, you know, eight or nine years. But uh, Depoto was right-handed. I remember him pitching for the Rockies and then the Mets later on. If I, I want, uh, if I recall correctly, yeah, he had two years with the Mets and they finished his career with four years with the uh, Rockies. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, averaging, averaging sixty-eight games of relief a year—that's something right there. That's, that's a value arm. It certainly is. I mean, that gives you innings out of a bullpen. It can save the rest of your bullpen. It's a reliable arm down there. And like I said, he does have a piece of Mariners history opposing the M's in their first ever interleague game. I've brought it up on the show before. I find that very, very interesting. Unfortunately, we got to wrap up, Mister Ward, because we're a little bit over time. But uh, thank you very much for uh, jumping on here and joining us on Locked On Mariners today. Great to have you back on the program. Uh, where can the people find you on social media if they are so inclined? Absolutely, man. First off, thanks for having me on. I love chatting baseball with you. 
Um, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I am at Taylor Blake Ward. If you want to follow my work, it is at homeplateview.com. And uh, thanks again, DC. Great chatting with you, buddy. Absolutely. We got to do this more often. Just baseball chat. Just good baseball chat. It makes for good. It makes for a good off-day program because the Mariners didn't play last night. There's no game to recap, so these are perfect shows to. I mean, they're not filler shows because I really enjoy them, but they're great programs for when the Mariners do have an off day. Filler programming, quote unquote, is something entirely different. I'm rambling again. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with a Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts, our very own Locked On local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast today on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Once again, Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y. That's going to wrap it up, ladies and gentlemen. On Monday, we'll be recapping the weekend series in Arlington against the Rangers. Joining me to do that will be Ward. Cleaver, Mr. Snuffleupagus, and four pieces of whole wheat toast. That might be the best panel we've had all season, aside from today's conversation, of course. So download, rate, and follow Locked on Mariners. Look for us on any podcasting app that happens to spring to mind. Leave a rating and review if your podcasting app of choice so allows. Thank you once again to Taylor Blake Ward, and thank you out there in podcast land for listening to today's program. Have a great weekend, and I'll talk to you on Monday. This is Joey Martin for Locked On Mariners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.